Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Aha, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I am Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage in the house, in the house. How's it going, brother? It's it's going well, Kentucky Guy. Um, Philadelphia has been hit with some very uh, strange weather. We've got a couple wildfires burning right now. There's one coming down from Canada and it's affecting a lot of the cities in the Northeast, and there's apparently another wildfire in neighboring New Jersey. It's kind of crazy right now. I've seen some of that on the news, yeah. Uh, breaking out everywhere, it seems. And uh, here in the beautiful state of Kentucky, it has been hot. Hot, hot, hot. Crazy hot for just being in June. So, uh, yeah, if this is anything like this summer is going to be, August is going to be rough. <laughs> But uh, anyways, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Also hit that notification button so, so you are informed every time we upload a new episode. We upload new episodes on Tuesdays and Saturdays. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage co-hosts another podcast called The Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell them about that, sir. Thank you. Yes, if you want to check out The Uncaged Voice podcast, co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated, go to our official YouTube channel. That's The Uncaged Voice podcast, and we talk about a variety of topics. Uh, there, will, there will always be something interesting to listen to. Yes, very very good on the YouTube channel podcast. Uh, very enjoyable. Also, if you like to stay up to date on current events, politics, and things of that nature, or listen to some pretty cool interviews, uh, you can check out the uh, other show that I host, is the Red Pill Current News Podcast, and we drop two episodes there a week normally, and uh, you know we talk about things that happened in the past as well as the present, try to tie everything together on what's going on in this beautiful country of ours. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest or have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also, in the description below uh, is our merch shop along with all of our social media links and all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out as well. All right. So, Mr. Cage, I'm excited. We do have a special guest uh, joining us today uh, to help go over raw results. Dynam- our SmackDown results, Dynamite results, and our headlines. Everybody, please welcome 
Mr. Kim Cunningham to the show. Welcome, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. And this is, uh, I think, your second time on the show. Is that correct? Yep. Always, always yes. a blast to have you, sir. And uh, very glad. If you if you don't care, remind everybody who you are. Well, my name is Ken. I was on the show like last time, and I hope to basically talk about more about WWE. Yep. Big wrestling fan, right? Yeah. All right, that's awesome. So let's go ahead and let's get into some results here. Speaking of WWE, let's go go around and let's talk about SmackDown results. All right, so we had a match, and these are in no particular order. I actually think this was the main event. It was the main event. Actually, let's wait on that because the way that ended was kind of crazy. Uh, Santos Escobar, part of the LWO, took on Mustafa Ali, and this was to qualify for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which is coming up at the next pay-per-view. Santos Escobar defeated Mustafa Ali via pinfall. I really, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't know why Mustafa Ali is still in these qualifying matches for the Money in the Bank or tournaments for titles and uh, getting his butt kicked by Gunther. It just doesn't make uh, any sense to me whatsoever. This guy is a has-been, and he needs to join Baron Coburn and those guys back on NXT. Uh, your thoughts, Mr. Cage? Well, well, I said, like, Mustafa Lee, he got good talent, but, like, after, he just basically kind of like a jobber at this point. Just lose people. Like, no point in pulling him in anything, because... But you might see him, because last time, he cut, he almost won, and Brock Lesnar came out. So, I feel like he probably should go back to NXT, probably go for, like, the North American Championship or something. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he didn't even uh, hold, uh, hold that title when he was there. He just, you know, he started with that retribution stuff on the main roster, and it didn't work. What do you think about it, Donnie? Well, you know, I think he's a talented in-ring competitor, but as we've seen countless times in the industry, in-ring talent is not enough to get you over with the crowd. And unfortunately, um, I'm not surprised that he lost here. There's more upside to putting Santos Escobar in the ladder match than there is in Staffa Ali at this point. I, I did think that was a pretty cool finishing move he used also off the top rope. That was the highlight of the match when Santos Escobar put him away. But, uh, yeah, that uh, not even the back ladder match keeps filling out in the men's Yeah, and i got to be honest with you. So far, it may be a boring money in the bank on the men's side match. I don't know. It's just nobody really exciting like Karrion Cross or nobody's really showed up in this yeah, qualified for this match yet. And, uh, that's kind of disappointing, but very few spots left, so we'll see what happens. Uh, then we had the women's tag team champions, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. They actually challenged the NXT women's cha- uh, tag team champions, who are currently on the main roster now. And it looks like this match is going to happen. It's going to be a unification match. That should be very, very interesting. This led into uh, Bailey qualifying for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match versus Machine. Here's the thing. Machine was brought to the WWE kind of like Chelsea Green and a few others just to lose. This poor thing is a part of the OC. Uh, it, she just can't get a break. What are your thoughts on her, Kim? 
Well, I'm be honest. Yeah, well, I'm kind of glad she's back and actually got a, a good role now. Cause last time she just probably like a retribution or stuff. And like, you know, how do people in retribution basically just like do nothing on the roster? Like T Bar Mace, they like, they T Bar. He's an NXT Mace, and then like this Mace like Mace Star. I'm being specific, but I feel like she is a good place for her to be with AJ Styles. It's fine, a good place, but I, do I specifically like her? Not that much, because I'm more specifically like her husband, Keith Lee, than her. Cause Keith Lee was great. I would WWE never got rid of him. Keith Lee? Ain't that that guy on uh, Donnie? Isn't that that wrestler on AEW I always make fun of? Yes, you always make fun of him, Kentucky guy. I don't ever recall making fun of Keith Lee unless... Uh, me- my memory's just a little fuzzy today. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy that uh, showed up one day on AEW with, uh, he looks older than Chris Jericho. <laughs> what are your thoughts on those two, uh, Donnie? Well, um, a part of me wanted to see Meechan uh, catch a break, but, I mean, Bailey's a multiple-time women's champion, women's tag team champion, NXT champion. She's done it all. It only makes sense to put her in in the latter match with the likes of Becky Lynch and other female competitors. Um, you know, as far as the unification match with the women's tag uh, titles, it's interesting, but I think they're jumping the gun a little too quickly with that. Isla Dawn and Albafire just got to SmackDown. Let them pick up a couple of victories on television first before you feed them to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Because I can tell you right now, that's going to be my prediction, that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are going to win these belts. Despite the fact that Alba Fire and Isla Dawn put up a pretty good fight against them on this episode of SmackDown. So I will give the creative team props for letting them put up a fight. Yeah, and you know, uh, these two were kind of new NXT tag team champions as well when they got drafted and I don't know how this unification is going to go if they're going to defend the title on Smackdown, Raw, and NXT it just uh, you know once again these unification things sometimes they work sometimes they don't they don't just like Smackdown and Raw we should have had a world champion on there way before now on both shows so but uh, anyways, then we have Scarlet. Scarlet Cross comes out and she blinds AJ Styles with red dust, and Carrying Cross actually comes from the crowd and he chokes out him with the cross jacket, chokes him out. So here's the thing, AJ Styles, you're showing him now all the time with the OC. Why Carrying Cross is not a part of any type of faction whatsoever? So why, why, why is he picking on a singles or a faction competitor like AJ Styles? It, it doesn't make any sense. You should have a faction leader or a faction going after AJ if you're going to continue to build the OC fa- uh, story. Your thoughts, uh, Kim? Well, what's it, what else going to do with him? Like, he failed. Mostly he had a match with Drew McIntyre. That was all right. And now, basically, Cam Cross probably like, random rivalries and all that stuff. It made no sense to me. 
like he should have like uh, a faction also. Like I don't know, somebody from NXT or something versus OC. I mean, more interesting. So the thing about it, it like oh, the OC versus Karen Falls faction, that be I mean the rivalry is personal. But since it's just like Karen Falls basically find a whole OC by OC by himself, there's no point of having this rival. Yeah, and I tell you, they, they really have uh, mismanaged Karrion uh, Cross's career since he's come back. It's, uh, it's We say it on here all the time, it's a shame because he'll uh, he'll look really strong, pull out a terror card with uh, somebody's face on it, and then uh, get beat by him the next week. Yeah, he's put so many people over since he's been back. Uh, Donnie, what's your thoughts? I mean, I've said it before, Kentucky guy, that I'm a huge Carrion Cross fan. I mean, this guy's dedication to his character is great. And he's someone who can cut cryptic promos, and at least they lead to something. At least you know, hey, he's targeting this wrestler, or he's targeting this wrestler, or he's, or he's setting his sights on this title, whatever the case is. But it's like they're just afraid to pull the trigger with him. And I don't know why, because he's got a great look. You would think he's someone who would be tailor-made to be a champion in WWE. And I'm not saying you have to give him the world title, but you've also got the U.S. title now on SmackDown that you could easily give to him and have him be a dominant champion. Not to mention the fact that I feel like Austin Theory is the U.S. champ for way too long now, so give it to someone else. Um, but, it, it, I, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, next week we're supposed to have a mixed tag match, and I really hope Karrion Cross and Scarlett win that match. I, I'm thinking that uh, last night uh, Austin Theory should have dropped the title. I'm thinking it actually should have happened on SmackDown. It would have made a uh, more an interesting storyline already more interesting, even more. So. Uh, but talking about last night, Asuka, the SmackDown Women's Champion, was presented with the new SmackDown Women's Championship belt. And it is uh, not blue. <laughs> so I, I think that's interesting. And she did she did accept the title from Adam Pierce, but lo and behold, Charlotte Flair woo, shows up and challenges Oscar to a match. Now I thought, I was like, oh man, this is deja vu. I thought she was going to show up challenge Oscar uh, right then and there like she did Ronda Rousey and win the title on SmackDown. Fortunately they didn't do that and they are going to probably build this up because she did get the upper hand on Oscar before leaving the ring. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a good segment. Glad to see Charlotte back. Uh, she's got to she's got to do a little bit more this this on this return. Last couple returns, she's come back. She's won the title hung around for a couple months, lose the title, and then disappeared. Yes, I know she had a baby and got married on one of the times she disappeared, but not this time and not a couple times. And we don't want to see the same scenario because that's going to get old. And I got a feeling she's going to break Ric Flair's record. She's already at 12 or 13 time champion. She's going to, she's going to surpass 16 uh, pretty easy by the end of her career. But anyways, uh, on that segment, your thoughts, Kim? Well, I feel like Charlotte Flair can actually could be Oscar. But I'm still getting annoyed with her because every single time, every time she get back, she always champion. Like, but actually, the longest reigning women champion, Trish Stratus, 
So if she be Trish Stratus, um, right, that'd be technically me, she be the best of all time. And yes, it'll be nice all that stuff, but like, I kind of kind of get tiring seeing her be champion every single time. Like, most some new people be champion? Like, I don't know. For example, I love Morgan. Like, she should be champion again, but she's not. I just feel like the Shark Flayer, basically, she won basically the champion so many times. Like, like less than one championship. I kind of like Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock Lesnar always come back, win championship, and then it's like that. I feel like he has some other people win championship, and then she can win like, later or something. Yeah, I mean, Bailey's been back since uh, almost a year now and still hasn't had a title around her waist. Uh, and that's shocking. Sure. That's shocking. I think Bailey's one of the, uh, one of the better uh, female competitors on the roster. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Donnie, on the Oscar belt and Charlotte Flair? I mean, not a lot, lot to comment about the belt itself. The design works, I guess. Um, we've seen Charlotte versus Oscar before, and I'll agree with you, Kentucky guy. Charlotte, unquestionably, is one of the best women's wrestlers, not just currently, but of all time, especially when we're talking statistically. But I'll agree with Cam in the sense that when you just keep throwing the same women into the title picture it does get old, it does get predictable and Kentucky guy, while you're talking about Charlotte Flair feuding with Asuka we're all forgetting that there's another challenger lurking in the background and that is none other than the EST Don't talk about Ponytail Girl I don't want to hear about her (laughs) Adam Pearce promised her a title shot as long as she kept her hands off of Asuka and she made good on that so she is also still owed a title shot herself yeah she's got a rematch coming uh make it a three-way dance between the three of them and then we had butch uh i don't know why his name's not pete dunn yet but butch and he faced uh baron corbin uh to qualify for the men's money in the bank Baron Corbin, I thought you were in NXT. Why are you on SmackDown? Why are you on my television set? You're so boring. You lose every match. Why are you here? Anyways, Butch undoubtedly won the match, so he will be in the men's Money in the Bank. See what I mean about this men's Money in the Bank match? Nobody really exciting. Maybe LA Knight is about the only one, but nobody really, really exciting. And then in the back, after the match, Cameron Grimes. Actually, <laughs> it looked like he knocked out Baron Corbin, and good for him. Good for him. Uh, your thoughts on this segment, Kim? Well, I feel like Barry Corbin should not be on SmackDown. He should still be in NXT. He's basically just a guy that is loose. And for Pete Dunne, I'm not calling call that name. His name should be Pete Dunne because technically he doesn't seem seriously that much. And I feel like, from my opinion, with the money in bank, it should be LA Knight. Because I feel like that's a good person to win it. Like, he wasn't at Mania. I wish he could make sense. But he should be Mania Bank. It should be him or like, I don't know. It's really him. Because LA Knight is basically, the only title he won to be was the Million Dollar Champion title. Like, that's it. But, sent, but he went at Mania Bank. That means he could catch on Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins. I feel like he's a person cashing on Seth Rollins 
because Roman Reigns wasn't new for doing all that, not so much. Seth Rollins more easy to get a cardio on his level. So I feel that LA Knight should win Mr. Money Bank, and I feel that Baron Corbin should just go back to NXT. Yeah, the only problem with that is he's on SmackDown, and Rollins is on Raw. Um, but I do like where your head's at. He could also challenge Austin Theory. He's on SmackDown for the U.S. title. That's how Theory originally run the title. He cashed in money in the bank, so he kind of broke that mode of just having to uh, cash it in on world titles. So, uh, and I kind of like that. I'm, I'm I kind of like where every title's up for grab, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, your thoughts on the match, sir, in that segment, Donnie? Uh, well, you know, Baron Corbin needs to get off of all of our televisions at this point, including NXT. He's a waste of space. Um, I'm glad to see Cameron Grimes knock him out in the uh, backstage area, and I'm glad to see Pete Dunne pick up the victory and get into the Money in the Bank ladder match, because you do need to fill that match with bodies, no question about it, and Pete Dunne will have some exciting moments in that eventual match, but I do agree with you right now, I think the favorite to win Money in the Bank is L.A. Knight, and I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say that I think he's on the exact same level as Seth Rollins because there are very few competitors in WWE who are on that level, but I do think it would be more realistic for him to cash in the world title opportunity against Seth Rollins if he jumped over to Raw, as opposed to trying to cash in on Roman Reigns. Yeah, I could actually see him taking Theory's belt, I don't know why, but it seems like that's more of a realistic thing. Don't get me wrong, he's a great wrestler, but, uh, yeah, he's no Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. I think those two are going to keep their titles until they actually uh, go one-on-one. And then Pierce, and, and check out these teams. This is, if I was Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens, I'd be kind of ticked off with the with the uh, challenge that I'm going to get here. So Pierce comes out and he announces a gauntlet match in backstage. And this match is for the number one contender for the tag team titles. Listen to these teams. So you have the Street Profits once again are involved. Why? I have no idea. LWO, we know that they are useless. Those are the two knuckleheads on the team. Uh, the Good Brothers, eh, you know, they were great back in the day. The Brawling Brutes, and Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly is the only team, in my mind, that I can actually see giving a kind of a challenge to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, only because these guys are comical, and uh, they pull a bunch of shenanigans. But, to be honest, and I'm a tag team guy. I'm not really, I really don't care who wins this match. I don't think any of them have a true shot to win the titles. Your thoughts, Kim? I feel like you something new. Like something new. Like somebody, like pre deadly. I feel, I agree with you with that. Pre deadly should win a match. Maybe, I don't want to beat Kevin Owens and Zane win a match because Mustafa Ali and Andrew Dawkins, like, won a championship together. LWO, just, you know, they're a new group, and they just get, you know, just a new group. But I feel like Pretty Deadly should win, because, like, what's good, think about it. They actually, they're a good tag team. And I feel, like you said, they put on a good fight with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think, I think they're, uh, you know, on paper, it, it's more realistic, that team uh, going against those uh, our current tag team champions. What are your thoughts, Donnie? If memory serves me right, every team on this list, except for maybe the OC and Pretty Deadly, at some point 
challenged the Usos when they were in the midst of their historic run as the undisputed tag team champions. Correct. So, so Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, we want to see them hold on to those belts. We want to see them continue to add prestige to it. So in my opinion, Pretty Deadly would be the obvious pick here because, again, they're, they're new faces, they're a new team to, to pit up against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. You could probably get multiple matches out of this feud. They would be my pick to win the gauntlet out of all the teams there, just because we've seen all of the other teams get their shot. And, and wouldn't you agree, Donnie, uh, that we just, uh, kind of like what Kim says, we need some new blood uh, to go. I mean, where are the Viking Raiders in all this? I mean, we need some new blood. Oh. Well, that, well, they were traded to the boss, and that was unfortunately why they were excluded. Yeah, I know, but like they haven't, they haven't truly got a, a chance though. Maybe they'll do. Maybe they will on Raw. I don't know, but that's a good tag team and just being wasted, in my opinion. And then we have the main event, and this is for the United mm-hmm. States Championship: Austin Theory versus Jey Uso. Uh, Austin Theory did retain his title, but there were some things that happened. Pretty deadly interrupted and attacked Jay Uso. Jay, Jay Uso. And here comes Jimmy Uso to help his brother. The Usos fought off. Uh, Jimmy fought off uh, Eldon Prince and Kit Williamson, but Sequoia Solo appeared out of nowhere and set him up for a Samoan spike. Interesting stuff here now. This is right at the end of SmackDown. Jey Uso actually grabbed uh, Solo's arm, and while he done that, Jimmy Uso wanted the opportunity, seen an opportunity, and as always took it, to launch a super kick at Solo, but he sidestepped, and Jimmy Uso took the kick. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, Jey Uso took the kick from Jimmy. Theory then covered Jey Uso for the pinfall. Here's the thing. At the end, Jimmy Uso tried to say he was sorry and apologize to his brother, but Jay pushed him off. Leaving the arena, Paul Heyman stuck his hands out, and Jay did not shake his hand. There is a struggle there. I don't, and I love this storyline. I have since the beginning, but I have no idea where Jay Uso, what he's going to do. He's got a lot of opportunities, and Roman Reigns will be on SmackDown next week. So there is a rumor going around that there's going to be a tag team match at Money in the Bank, the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo, Sequoia. But that was supposed to be decided yesterday, that rumor, so that kind of killed that. So just, I don't know, man. I love this storyline, but uh, just the crazy way things went off the air. And Paul Heyman was smiling when Jay didn't shake his hand, which was odd, and act like he was uh, calling Roman Reigns on his big red phone. I don't know. Uh, your thoughts, Kim? This is, this is one of the best storylines I've ever seen in my life. Jay didn't make an option. You want to choose Roman Reigns or, or Jimmy? I feel choose Jimmy because, like, Roman Reigns tortured him so much before Jimmy came back. Like, it was a hell in a cell and that stuff. And like all that. And then we choose Jimmy. Basically, Jay could choose Roman because technically Jimmy super kicked him and all that stuff. And Paul him get in his head and say that Jimmy jumps on him. He had that nice championship opportunity. 
But another thing, another thing that kind of shocked that Sosa Cola is on the range side. I think this may happen. I may always happen. Basically, Sosa Cola betrayed Roman Reigns, and then and be and then and then Jay Uso is on Jimmy's side. And I feel like Roman Reigns will lose championships or whatever Mr. Money Bank is, or lose somebody. Because this is a lot going on. First, it all started with Zayn Zayn part of Bloodline. Then that same Zayn betrayed Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns been betrayed three times. First by Seth Rollins winning the Shield. Second by Zayn Zayn, and third by his own blood. Jimmy Uso. I feel like Jay's a super king Roman, but Jay is confused, so he side with his cousin and his brother. The right choice is side with his brother, because later on down the road, Roman Reigns probably get mad at Jay for doing something wrong. Betray Jay, and Jay be confused, all that stuff, but Jim probably gonna help him. And then, like, Zosa Cola will probably help them, because he probably keeps his sense, all that stuff. And I feel the bow be done after this because we don't know. I feel it should be Sosa Cola and Roman Reigns versus the Usos. But since now that Jimmy accidentally kicked the brother, that means a change. And I feel that Roman Reigns just, I feel like actually Jay should be Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. I just saying that because it'll be a good storyline. If he do it, it's the end of the story, end of bloodline, he beat him. So that's right. my yeah, that that uh, that would be a heck of a way to end it. You got to remember, it's got to take something special to actually defeat Roman because he hasn't lost a match or been pinned in a thousand and twenty matches or a thousand and twenty days. So that's a long time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I just uh, you're right. This is one of the best storylines of the current era, uh, and and I'm all here for it. I do think. I don't know what Jay Uso is going to do, but I do think Jimmy Uso is definitely out. I think he's out. He's done with the bloodline. Uh, Donnie, your thoughts? I mean, I agree with everything Kemp said about this being a uh, captivating story. That there are just always new wrinkles, and you just don't know what's going to happen next. One thing I do know is that whether it's because of Paul Heyman's influence or if it's Roman Reigns on his own. He is a great champion, there's no question about it. Over a thousand days as champion and since he was last pinned. But the one thing I know is that Roman Reigns cares about Roman Reigns. He doesn't care about his cousins, Jimmy and Jay Uso, or their younger brother, Solo Sokoa. He has poisoned Solo Sokoa against his own brother. How dare you talk and about J- the tribal chief like that? How dare you? Jay has, got to, Jay has got to be smart here. He's got to stay loyal to his brother. What happened on SmackDown was an accident on Jimmy's part. Jay's got to stay united with uh, with Jimmy Uso, and hopefully the two of them together can eventually convince Solo to to go against the Tribal Chief and, and rejoin the Uso family, because they are the ones. you got to remember that. They're the ones. Well, here's the thing. First of all, I didn't mean to butt in on you, but... I can't stand it when you talk bad about the tribal chief. I can't stand it. And he lo- that's his family. That's his bloodline. He loves them. How dare you talk about him like that? I, I mean, 
that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, Kim, I don't know. Do you watch AEW? Okay. So oh, we're going to no, go they... over uh, the uh, Dynamite results real quick. If you have an opinion, that's great. If you don't, like if you don't, if you don't watch it or you know know these wrestlers, that's fine too. Okay, just let us know. But uh, here we go. So Dynamite results. We had the AEW International Championship on the line. Orange Cassidy versus Swerve. This would have been the perfect time to take the belt, even though it was on Dynamite. It was still a jam-packed show to take that belt off this orange-headed freak and put it on someone like Swerve, who could have gave credibility back to the belt. Back to the belt. Uh, your thoughts, Kim? Well, I feel like it was a good match. And I actually, this is a good tip for Isaiah Swerve, because Isaiah Swerve can actually grow. Because you better be here literally not do that much. Only Cassidy, well, to be honest, like, his character, he's like, he don't really care. Like, he just don't care at all. He's just like a guy that just don't care. He, he can out of the rules. He's a chill guy. But I feel like it was, a, I feel it was a good match. I don't know why they in particular, but I know some of the wrestlers. But Cassidy beat, beat um, Swerve. I wish Swerve won because I'm a big fan of Isaiah Swerve. I wish he won. But yeah, I agree. And I think everybody's getting a little tired of uh, Orange Cassidy being the t- uh, champion. Uh, your thoughts, Donnie? Uh, I don't know, Kentucky guy. At this point, the Orange Cassidy might break Roman Reigns' uh, record uh, for title. <laughs> uh, I'm just getting around, obviously. Uh, could you imagine a thousand days with Orange Cassidy as the international champion? I sure could. It couldn't. feels like it's been a thousand uh, days. Uh, it feels like it. Uh, good match. Um, the wrong guy. Once again, the wrong guy won. Um, this was an opportunity to take the belt off of him, and it would have been a huge, huge accomplishment for Swerve Strickland, but they just keep it on Orange Cassidy for some reason. Um, yeah, not a whole lot to say, just uh, I wish they'd put the belt on someone else. Well, and Swerve controlled the match all the way through. He had the match won, and uh, they act like this guy's got an amazing... And by the way, let's make the moves worth something again, AEW. Why are you having Orange Cassidy hit two or three Superman punches, and then the final Orange Punch puts a puts a put knock the person out or whatever? That's great. That's like Brock Lesnar doing four or five F fives. It just it takes away from the move, and it looks like it's no good. Next match. Well, actually, I'll go over two matches here, and we'll talk about them. Uh, Chaos uh, went against the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Once again, they continue to push. Uh, Willer Yuta as being a top top star on that team. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club did win. Um, I thought it was a decent match. I uh, I kind of knew Blackpool was going to win. Uh, these guys have been on a tear lately, and they're just they're just beating people up, and I think that's kind of cool. We had a Texas Tornado Tag Team match with uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Hook versus uh, Lel Fanchion. And uh, the winners, Jungle Boy and Hook, this match here I thought was decent. These guys actually came out ready to fight. I don't know who these their challengers were, but they were ready to fight right at the beginning of the show. And uh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, the right person won there too as well, I think, under uh, Jack Perry and uh, Hook. 
I think Hook needs to be on television more. I always say this, but he needs to be on there more as a singles competitor. Because this dude has got the look, he's got the talent, and he's grown a lot in the last couple years. So, should be interesting. Uh, your thoughts, Kim, on those two matches? Well, duh. I feel like the right team won with, um, with Hook. I feel like he's probably got good talent, a lot of stuff. Like you said, more on TV. And the other match you say with Blackpool, well, Blackpool is dominant. They're a good, good team. They got like three former WWE superstars, and they like a like for example, like the Shield, but more aggressive. Like I said, like the Shield, so when the Shield on the tear, but like the only difference, more aggressive, all that stuff. But yeah, I feel those two matches really yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's a good comparison. The Blackpool Combat Club to the Shield. You're right. They come out of the stands now. Uh, more aggressive, yeah. But I remember a time when the Shield used to put everybody through a table. But uh, yeah, that's that's very. I never thought about that before. But that's uh, yeah, man. I, I like that. Uh, your thoughts, Connie? Yeah, a couple, a pair of uh, good matches with the right teams winning in both instances. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club. What can I say? I mean, they're. They're kind of steamrolling over the competition right now, and you have to wonder if they're going to be the next challengers for the Trios Championship against the House of Black. I could see that being a really good match. Um, also, it was good to see Rocky Romero from New Japan Pro Wrestling on, t- on TV. He does show up at AEW every once in a while because he was part of uh, Rapongi Vice in New Japan with, uh, with Trent for, uh, for many years. So it is good to see him on television every once in a while. But yeah, they're really they're really strapping a rocket to Wheeler Yuta. He's they're treating him like he is really an up and coming star. So be interesting to see if he, he continues continues to climb the ladder a little bit. And yeah, um, you know Jungle Hook they're fine as a tag team, but I also really want to see um, see Hook get pushed more as a singles competitor. I would love to see him choke out Orange Cassidy and win the international championship. Yeah, I, I could, uh, I'm here for that. I'd like to see that. And then the next match, we had uh, the Rock wannabe, Ricky Starks, uh, versus Jay White. Uh, Jay White won that match, and I'm glad he did. Uh, Ricky Starks, is, uh, he's, he's, he's a future superstar, but right now, Jay White is the superstar. And ever since he's come to AEW from Japan, he's really not gotten the, the wins like a superstar of his caliber should have. They're definitely not giving him what I call the Cody Rhodes treatment uh, like WWE did when Cody Rhodes came back. So, And then we had the uh, the TBS championship on the line. Uh, Chris Stat- uh, Statlander, she's the current champ. She went against Anna Jay. I really didn't care about this match. I care less. Chris Statlander won. Once again, here's a wrestler that lost every match Gets hurt, comes back, breaks a, a phenomenal winning streak, and takes the title from a champion, and now she's unbeatable. The, you know, Tony Khan, we are not, we don't have the, uh, amnesia. We know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, your thoughts, Kim? Well, like you said, that's decent. I don't specifically like the match, but. I feel like that, um, it was, it was alright, like a, a more like a Brock Lesnar versus like a Rey Mysterio match type stuff. 
So like, you know, like Brock also gonna win. You, you already know who will win the match. But it was a oh, decent match. And uh, your thoughts, uh, Donnie, on the team? So glad to see Jay White pick up a victory on television. Again, nothing against Ricky Starks. I like him, but Jay White, huge, huge star in New Japan. You, you got to push this guy, whether you push him as a singles competitor or whether he and Juice Robinson are going to eventually go after the tag titles. Do not drop the ball with this man. He is, he, he is money. He's absolutely money. He's a star. And um, the women's, the TBS championship match, I knew who was going to win that. I mean, there was no question about it. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before Jade comes back and gets her rematch. Whether she'll win the belt back or not, I don't know. I personally would not be a fan of that. I think we need to keep it on new faces for a while before she's brought back into the fold. I think Valkyrie needs to come and win that title. All right. And then we had uh, a segment with uh, MJF. And let's see what this said. Okay. So MJF, he says, and these are quotes, uh, he says, MJF is excited, finally some competition. When Punk left MJF as a, I, I loved how he talked in third person, that's my guy. Uh, as a kid, he thought his fandom was over, but then he found Ring of Honor. MJF thought Ring of Honor sucked because it was filled with indie jabroni. MJF puts over Poe's accomplishments and says all that is undisputed. MJF says he followed Poe's footsteps and knew deep down that Poe would make that jump and they would have the rivalry of a lifetime. MJF says Poe used to be the Panama Playboy and now he's the Panama Game Boy. <laughs> Rip Baker keeps leaving the house with Poe's balls firmly in her purse and Poe used to have the body and physique of a world champion but now Poe is so frail he makes crack blank <laughs> jealous then he goes on he says uh, MJF also says fans think the company isn't showcasing Cole properly but MJF says quite the opposite they're doing everything to make Cole cool like video games reality shows etc <laughs> MJF says he's been every top guy uh, that the fans thought that the fans thought was on his level what makes Cole any different also read a rumor that the reason Cole left WWE was because certain higher up in Titan Tower didn't think Cole has top guy potential. That guy was Vince McMahon. And frankly, MJF doesn't see it either. Okay. Yes, I am I am I cannot wait to watch these two go at it. I like the Adam Cole, Chris Jericho uh feud. This one here though is more on my level. MJF's gonna wipe the floor with the guy but I do think he'll give him a run for his money. Uh, and then I'm going to, and then Tony Khan also made an announcement about the main event for the first ever AW Collision. And I'll get your guys' opinion on that announcement. That announcement was the main event is Jay White, Juice Robertson, and Samoa Joe teaming up together versus FTR and CM Punk. Me personally, you got the Punk guy in the match, so therefore I don't care anything about it. But I would like to see Jay White and Juice Robertson versus FTR, so I am kind of looking forward to that match. But, uh, Kim, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on uh, MJF's segment and the announcement about the main event for AEW Collision. I think MJF um, is a, one of the best in promos. 
ain't real personal about it. It's something like they got personal rivalry, but I feel like MGF and Adam Cole have a good match. Cause Adam Cole, yeah, he, he was really great in WWE. But that's the other thing. But the match with Samoan Joe and JY versus FTR and CM Punk. I'm a Samoan Joe fan. And we do SmackDown and that um sequence when basically he was feeling 80 style. That was my favorite. CM Punk, one of my favorite wrestlers also. But by current rank, he's doing dumb stuff. FTR, great team. Jay White, great guy. I feel like it should be like maybe CM Punk. Should win FGR because why not? It's like me, I it would be a good match. Probably a lot of crazy moments happen in that match. You got, you got like a hard, you got a Simone Joe, like hard hitting wrestler. You got, you got Jay White, he he fight. You got CM Punk, you got FGR, one, 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 one of the best tag right. teams. One of the yeah. best tag teams. So I feel yep. like and, that would uh, be great. You know, here's the thing. Tony Khan and AEW is not taking all this heat to bring CM Punk back, and they're taking a lot of heat right now over it to let him lose. So I think you're right about your prediction. Uh, Donnie, your thoughts? Yeah, I love the MJF promo, and, you know, that brought Adam Cole out uh, so that they could have their war words. I am also looking forward to that match, and all I'm going to say is if we get the same Adam Cole that we saw in Ring of Honor and in NXT in this feud, oh boy, MJF, he's he, he's going to have to take his game to a whole new level to to beat Adam Cole, baby. That's all. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, but I'm just going to say it's it's going to be a tough challenge for MJF. Um, as far as the AEW Collision main event, I think it's a uh, I think it's an interesting setup. I wonder if they could be planting seeds for CM Punk and Samoa Joe to reignite their uh, feud from Ring of Honor from years ago, um, at least in the short term, because obviously Punk needs someone to feud with. Of course, it, it could transition to a singles feud with Jay White and Evernell, um, but I think it'll be an interesting main event for the first episode of Collision. Yeah, you said the same thing about uh, Brian Danielson and MJF and uh, MJF wouldn't be able to go 90 minutes, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, this main event, as I'm looking at it for Collision, my thought is, I'm just, I can't wait to see who the next few matches uh, against CM Punk are going to be, because I'm still hearing that there's quite a few wrestlers in the locker room that will not, uh, that do not want to work with him. So it would be interesting to see who he actually feuds with or who actually gets in matches with them. So I knew FTR was going to partner with them because uh, they've kind of been his suck boys ever since uh, all this has happened. So it'll be interesting. But, uh, Donnie, I'm going to go ahead and give you the next two headlines, sir. All right. You bring these up here. Oh, so. wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, oh, man. <laughs> Let's lead into it right. And the headlines. <laughs> Yeah, that's on me. I know, folks. I'm sorry.
headlines and rumors around the water cooler. Take it away, Mr. K. Alex Shelley wins the impact. Hey, I feel like there's a lot of rumors going around. I mean, so basically, like, just like I feel like rumors that you say know, that. I'm sorry to cut you off, Kim. Oh. Every time I call him Cage, you think I'm saying Kim. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and let, go ahead and let Donnie read the first two headlines, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Go ahead, sir. All right, no problem. Uh, so Alex Shelley wins the Impact World Championship, and Chris Saban wins the X Division title at Against All, all Odds. During the other night's Against All Odds show in Columbus, Ohio, the Motor City Machine Guns found themselves at the top of the mountain again in Impact Wrestling. Chris Saban defeated Trey Miguel to win the X Division Championship, which is his ninth run with the title. And in the main event, Alex Shelley defeated Steve Macklin to win the Impact World Championship, his first time winning that title. Shelley won the match after he drove Macklin into an exposed turnbuckle, followed it up with a super kick and the shell shock to win the title in an excellent match, while Saban won his match with the cradle shock, ending Trey Miguel's 200-plus days as ex-division champion. Well, let me tell you something, Kentucky guy. This brought a big smile to my face. I was a huge Motor City Machine Guns fan back when I watched Impact Impact up on a regular basis. I am so happy for these guys right now. It's well-deserved. Regardless of how long they have these titles in their possession, just they're hard workers, they're great at what they do, they're ring veterans. Just very happy for both of them. Your thoughts, guys? Yeah, they come a long ways, man. Uh, uh, I've watched these guys in Ring of Honor and in the indie circuit, and uh, they've been champions everywhere they've won. And, uh, you know, kudos to them on actually winning some uh, single titles. I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, your thoughts, Kim? Well, yeah, I, I don't really know. Like, I feel like they should win some single titles. And Mianis is really built. Really build. Cause think about it, they've been tag teams for like a while. So if they was some single championship, that showed they basically don't need each other. They showed yep, they like yep. dominant. That makes sense. All right, Donnie, you got the next one. All right. Just bring, bring it up on my phone here. All right, next uh, headline: Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes match at SummerSlam. We'll have a stipulation that we haven't seen in a while. It was reported earlier today via Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio that the plan for the third match in Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar feud is going to happen at WWE SummerSlam in Detroit. According to Brian Alvarez, I have been told that it is going to be something. It's not just going to be a straight match. They've got some sort of stip that allegedly we have not seen in a while, and that means not hell in a cell. So I wonder what stipulation they might be coming up with for the third match between these two. Hopefully it's not a ring of fire. No other details are available, but it is worth noting that last week, Better Wrestling Experience broke the news that a dog collar match had been pitched, but the idea was rejected. Cody Rhodes is a big fan of the dog collar match because it was a match stipulation that was done in the 70s and 80s by his father Dusty Rhodes and others such as Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, and Ric Flair. Cody did have a dog collar match against the late Brody Lee in AEW. Well, I'm also thinking if they don't do the dog collar match, maybe they'll go with a Texas bull rope match, potentially. 
or a strap match, something something along those lines where they're using some sort of strap or rope as a weapon because that's something Dusty Rhodes was known for in his career. Yeah, it, it could be. It, I don't know. Uh, I I can't really see Brock Lesnar with a, a rope around his neck in a match. <laughs> Me personally, but it, it could be anything. I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm here for it. I knew they had to have this rubber match. I don't know when it's going to be. Uh, probably SummerSlam. But uh, it should be a good match. Hopefully better than the last two. Because the last two, let's face it, Brock Lesnar was pretty much dominant all the way through. Uh, your thoughts, Kim? Like, I actually see Brock with a rope around his neck. Like, like, you know, I see Brock doing something else, yes, but not like that. So Brock, it's Brock Lesnar. Like, he's the most dominant, dominant wrestlers out there. So, I can't see him, like, my rope around his neck. I can't see Brock losing that bad. Gotcha. So. Alright, so, uh, let's see here. I'll go ahead and do a couple headlines and, uh, we'll call it a show. Let's see, uh, Paul Heyman says Roman Reigns is grooming. The next Tribal Chief. Last night's episode of WWE SmackDown kicked off with Paul Heyman and Solo Sequoia before Heyman could say anything. Jey Uso walked out to the ring. Uh, Heyman said that Roman Reigns has been working on grooming Jey Uso as the next Tribal Chief, not Jimmy Uso. Heyman said that because of Jimmy and what Jimmy calls, there is no more tag team known as the Uso. Heyman told Jay that he was set up that he has set up a match for him tonight, to, or last night, to face the United States champion, Austin Theory. And after he wins the title, then one day he will become the next Tribal Chief. Jay took Heyman up on the offer for the match later tonight. Heyman offered to shake Jay's hand, but Jay told him that he would get back to him on that one. So it's not just a handshake. He was also asking him about uh, doing a uh, flying in a private jet to Money in the Bank and uh, having this big bash for him winning the title, which he didn't win. But, uh, yeah, I, of course they're going to dangle the Tribal Chief title in front of him because uh, even though they said last week that Roman says that Jay always falls in line, yeah, he doesn't know for sure what his little buddy's going to do here. So, and it's interesting. And, you know, once again, like we've all said, that's this storyline's been great. And, uh, you know, let's keep doing it. Uh, your thoughts on that headline, Kim? Well, I feel like that Paul Heyman played my game with Jay Uso. He played my game with him. He tried, he's trying to get Jay to betray Jimmy. He know Jimmy. First, they got Solo betrayed Jimmy and Jay. But when they get Jay betrayed Jimmy, that would bring the whole Usos. And I felt like he could have won the United States Championship. Like last night, it pretty deadly. Did not interfere. And Roman Reigns, like he literally said, "Oh Jay, is it Jay?" He always talking bad about Jay. So the obviously is a setup. So basically, probably Roman Reigns playing this. Give Jay turn Jimmy. If that's the seed, at that Jimmy probably might mess up or something like that, and then Roman Reigns betrayed Jay and all stuff. Because all of Mario and Paul Heyman, he didn't want to, he knew the Usos are dominant tag team and all that stuff. And now, especially since Jimmy Superkick Jay, now Jay is actually probably made join Roman because they won a championship. Because last time the Usos won a championship, the Usos, they won a championship after they um, lost to the same as Kevin Owens. 
So I feel like if Roman Reigns tries to get the Uso break apart, who you know they're dominant together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donnie, your thoughts? As we said earlier, this could go so many different ways, and um, you know the fact of the matter is Roman's not stupid. He wants as much backup and support in the bloodline as possible. He's lost Jimmy Uso's loyalty. Sami Zayn, that betrayal happened months ago. So he's going to do everything he can to try to keep Day Uso in line. Uh, even by saying to him, oh, one day you can become the next tribal chief. Um, but it's just one of those storylines. It's the second that Jay steps out of line or does something that Roman doesn't like. Could that mean that he himself is out of the bloodline as well? We'll have to wait and see. Yep, yep. And then the hat, last headline I have, uh, Brian Danielson has become more important in the w- AEW creative process. AEW president Tony Khan has a, lot of, has a lot of responsibilities, both in the wrestling world and out of it with his soccer and NFL commitment. He's booking two promotions in AEW and Ring of Honor while also having three weekly AEW television shows once Collision premieres on June 17th. He has, he has brought in some outside help by hiring Will Washington, and now Brian Danielson is starting to help out, something he had been doing towards the end of his WWE tenure. Danielson has been feuding with the Elite alongside his Blackpool Combat Club, Sablemates, as they scored a win in the Anarchy in the Arena match at Double or Nothing. He will take on former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Okada. I didn't know that match was happening. Okada at Forbidden Door on June 25th. Ooh, I can't wait to see that match. Uh, it was reported last month that Danielson would be seeing his creative responsibilities behind the scenes at All All Elite Wrestling increase uh, by being a part of Creative for Collision. Danielson reportedly had a positive impact on the June 2nd episode of Rampage as he came up with the idea of the Championship Friday show. Yeah, so uh, I think that's good news. I think Tony Khan needs to get a, uh, farther and farther away from creative as possible and let people like Daniel Bryanson do that uh, because Tony Khan is, oh, I'm not going to say he sucks at being creative, but he's not the greatest at it. He's not the greatest at booking or creative. But, uh, yeah, if he brings the... If he brings the right people in, smart people, then he will still get all the credit for it. I think that's what he's failed to understand in the past. Uh, your thoughts, Kim? Right. Tony Khan, I feel like he's trying to be the next Vince McMahon, but he's not like that. The only reason Vince McMahon was successful because he had good people in the back to help him get good storylines. And since Tony Khan, no respect him. Like, you can't respect Tony Khan. Like, ever respect for McMahon. Not Tony Khan, but Tony Khan basically knew this. First he started with all this help, and now all that help, and now I got CM Punk issue, all that stuff. Then Cody was a big part of that help, and then Cody left. So I feel like, um, Dan Bryan or Brian Danson is really helpful, because technically, you have a wrestler who know what's good or bad, and Tony Khan should never, I think he should never actually do it in the first place, never, um, be Never do it. I feel like it'd be Brian Sanderson or maybe like, I don't know, maybe like Mark Hamill or Big Show. Because they on AEW, they can probably buy better matches than Tony Khan. Because if they want, if AEW will go skyrocket, this should get actually, uh, people, uh, actual wrestlers 
if you like they, Brian Derrickson or Mark Aaron Mitchell, that they, cause they, they actually know what's good for the company, cause they actually wrestle in company. So I feel like Tony Khan should just retire and let Brian Derrickson and like Mark Henry and Big Show just take care. Yeah, I got so, you. People who, uh, who've been in the business, I got you. Uh, Donnie, your thoughts? The, the, that's the key to longevity in the business uh, to, to any company. Any company that wants to be successful, you have to surround yourself with the right people. If Tony Khan gets people like Brian Danielson to give their input into the creative process, then it's going to help him out in the long term. And sure, because he's the owner of the company, he gets to reap all the benefits, much like Vince McMahon did, much like Eric Bischoff did back in the day. But Again, it's all about the people you surround yourself with. Why Why is every NFL or NBA or MLB team successful? Uh, sure, you've got to have a great manager at the helm, but you've got to be surrounded by a great coaching staff, too. That's the key to success at the end of the day. Yep, successful people surround themselves with other successful people. I agree. All right, so that's all, uh, that's all I have for this episode. Uh, Donnie, you got anything uh, Anything else? That is all I have for this episode, Kentucky Guy. All right, so first of all, I want to say, Kim, uh, Mr. Cunningham, thank you so much for joining us today as a guest host. We definitely appreciate it. Anytime you want to come back, buddy, you just let us know, okay? All right. And, folks, you've been listening to okay. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> With your co-hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Also, it's our special guest today, Mr. Kim Cunningham. Hey, folks, as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.